0: Hey everybody and welcome to podcast 57. I talk a little bit about some Diablo 3 addendum stuff. And I talk about playing alone versus playing with friends. I talk about XCOM Enemy Unknown on a game watch. Enjoy the show! So I should start off the podcast with an addendum for last podcast. Double checking the skills in Diablo 3. It looks like most of them will unlock by the time you are 20. With a handful unlocking by 30. So you'll have all of your skills by 30. Though the runes that go with the skills can take up to I think it's like a 55 to unlock. So you'll only have some of the runes to pick from. And they'll add different flavors to the powers like they might add a slow element or they might add a little bit more damage or they might add like like I have an arrow attack and the arrow can split when it hits a bad guy so that's a possible rune. There are also passive ability slots and there are three of them they lock at 10, 20, and 30 and each class has several abilities they can put there. Most of the classes abilities will be completely unlocked by 55 but a few go up to 60. And like any of the regular skills, you can swap them out, you know, pretty much any time you are outside of combat and it takes just a short cooldown before it's ready. I think the passives might be ready immediately, but the skills take, I would guess, about 30 seconds. I also found out kind of on accident, I was looking through the menus and looking for the, the mature language filter as it were, and I discovered under options and gameplay, you can turn on elective mode, Which allows for you to put any ability on any of the 4 hotkeys, uh, possibly even the Q key, which is normally your health potions, or either of the mouse buttons. So I don't know if that came in with release, or if that happened during the beta patch that they took it away, but it seems like I was wrong, and you can put any ability pretty much anywhere you want. I did test and put in the builder ability that I liked in beta on the number 1 key, so I had that on my number 1 and another builder on my main mouse button, and it did let me do it, so it seems like it is an option. However, after 35 levels as that character, plus several levels as an alternate character for possibly playing with my friends, I've kind of got it stuck in my brain how it's set now, and I don't know if I actually want to change it at this point. I am still in my second playthrough on my higher level character. I'm still in Act 1, I'm not very far in. But it does definitely seem like it is a lot more important to burn out your resource and then use your builder attack for a while and then burn out and use your resource. Because the bad guys do get a lot tougher and also they start coming in more groups. So you have different kinds of bad guys and you'll want to move around a lot more and use you know powerful attacks on certain bad guys. It does get a little bit more tactical and a little bit more juggling I guess you could say in terms of abilities. So now it has become, you know, a little bit more important to have that builder on, you know, at least one of my mouse keys. So uh, at this point, I think I might leave it. Some general thoughts that I don't think I put in the last podcast is that all of your money and your bank space is shared through the entire account. So any money you build up, you know, in your character or bank space you expand or stuff you put in a bank will show up for any character you are on, you know, on your account. Similarly, any training you do for the blacksmith or jeweler is also shared through the entire account. Also, even though the character might not be there, like at the start of the game the blacksmith does not appear there, you can still click on his stuff and it will still allow you to craft items or you know deconstruct items even though the blacksmith himself is not there. I personally say that training up the blacksmith or the jeweler higher than items that you can really use may or may not be very beneficial. There are rumors, I don't know if they're true or not, that the higher level the blacksmith is, the better the item he can produce. But since you need to spend money to train them, and you also need to spend money and resources to get them, you know, to construct an item, I say that you might want to keep some of the gold, and keep some of the gold for expanding your bank space if you're running multiple characters. Because that can be very helpful to keep the rare items in. So I don't know, in my games my blacksmith was always trained just a little bit higher than I could actually use items for. And the rest of the money went to expanding my bank space or keeping it to forge an item now and then. I didn't forge a whole lot of items because you almost always find, you know, stuff that's just fine. But occasionally you might want to have him, you know, create you something that may or may not be, you know, a lot better than what you have. A friend who is level 45 said there's actually no point in having the blacksmith craft anything until he's completely maxed in level. And again, you know, I don't know if I would agree with that because when I was playing my main character and leveling up, there were a few times where I did not have an item in a slot from dropped items and the blacksmith could make me something good. And so, you know, I had him make me something. So I don't see the point of, you know, not using a crafted item if you, you know, don't have anything better at the time. So I don't know, up to you. Um you can see what works good for you and go from there. Lately I've found myself having a hard time playing the games that I played with my friends by myself. I think that now that I have played them with my friends, a big part of playing them, especially Dungeon Defenders, is that I'll go and I'll find out strategies or I'll find loots and you know I'll have things to talk about and share with my friends and in the past couple weeks they've been super busy and now I'm busy with some extra shifts at work for a few weeks so the bandwidth there is questionable to non-existent. So I haven't been able to play with them as much. And it seems kind of sad to play these games that, you know, I had a lot of fun with my friends with, you know, on my own. And, you know, learning things that I can't share with them for, you know, who knows how long before I see them again. I would be able to play with them on the weekends if they are on on the weekend. But during the week, I wouldn't get to see them. And that's, I think, pretty much the majority of when they play. They play a few times a week in the evening. And that was when I would usually see them and play with them because, you know, on the weekends they're usually busy or they're not on or whatever. I don't know if there is a big point in this section. It was just an observation I noticed when I was playing, you know, the games I played with them, you know, solo. It just seemed to be a lot more sad than it was, you know, previously when I was playing by myself and didn't have, you know, friends that I played with regularly. And I think the main reason for that is because I just don't have anyone to share anything with since I don't know when I'll be able to play with them again. So I just thought I would maybe mention that. does have its advantages on occasion, Captain. I prefer to call it inspired. as you wish I couldn't really think of anything else to say, but I recently ran into a game I've been following that kind of fell out of the news and recently I noticed some news about it and so um there's a little bit of hype coming for it. so I guess I will talk about my recent game watch that I posted for the game. The game is called Xcom Enemy Unknown. It is a turn-based strategy game. Those of you who are unfamiliar with turn-based strategy, it's kind of hard to describe, but I would say it's kind of like a board game where you take your turn and then other things happen after your turn is over, per se. What you would do in the original game is you would get to a unit when it's the unit's turn, depending on how fast they were moving. Some units would move sooner than others because they were, you know, faster unit types. But anyways, when it would get to your unit's turn... You would say, I want you to do this, this, and this. Okay, go ahead and do that. And then things would react based on, you know, position of bad guys and whether roles succeeded or failed. But you had basically an infinite amount of time to plan your move. And then you would go ahead and spend the points that you had to do your move with doing your move. The new game won't be quite the exact same, but it, w- it will still be turn-based. The developer is Firaxis, who has done a lot of strategy games that you might be familiar with. You can look them up on wiki. The distributor is 2K Games. It will be out for PC, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360. And the game is due to release in October, and that's early October. So that's pretty exciting because I'm really excited about the game. What the game basically is, is that you take control of an elite, world-unified fighting force that is protecting the Earth from unknown invaders. During the course of the game, it's pretty much revealed that these invaders are aliens, and so, um, you know, you delve into who they are and where they're coming from and why. Why is this game important? Strategy games are few and far between, and back when the original XCOM launched in 1993, the series rapidly stood out as one of the... Best strategy games that there were. It's had several games that were based on the original XCOM, and then they had a few sort of spin off type things that some worked out and some didn't work out, you know, some were cancelled. What makes the game design special is that this is a turn based strategy game. Turn based strategy games are almost unheard of these days outside of, you know, the one or two really huge brands I can think of. This alone will help XCOM Enemy Unknown stand out. However, The XCOM franchise isn't just pure strategy in the same way the other ones are. This is sort of got a mystery involved around, you know, who are the bad guys? Why are they coming after you? And there's randomized elements. So you don't always see the exact same bad guy types at the exact same times and in the exact same way. So there is sort of a a mystery about, you know, revealing what's going on, even though it has the same main plot. At least the previous games did. When you go through missions, you can unlock technology and discoveries about the invaders and spend time researching what you find on the battlefield. As you get more funds, you can expand your base. So there is a base building component to the game as well. And depending how you spend your money, that can increase your training for your your guys that go out in the field and their tech that they use. They eventually got little hover tanks and other things in the original game, which I'm assuming will carry over to the new one and you can also spend, you know, money building research facilities to research, you know, different things for your guys in terms of maybe you'll get powered armor or maybe you'll get better weapons or maybe you'll get different things that help them survive longer. So there's there's a sort of micromanaging aspect to it as well. But because things were a little bit randomized because your guys didn't always necessarily succeed in the same way in the field, Sometimes you could go out in the field and and your group could wipe, as it were, and you could lose everything and not win that scenario at all. But because of all those random elements, no two games were ever really exactly the same, and so that makes it really, really fun. Why is it going to Pwn? Fraxis is taking everything that made the original series great and adding on new stuff that technology of today allows for that they couldn't do with the original games. XCOM Enemy Unknown is going to be sort of a restart of the series, so fans of the original like me are going to be, you know, pretty familiar with what's going on. But they've got all of the new school, you know, technology stuff that can make combat and, you know, other visual stuff really interesting to watch and, I guess, you know, be entertained by. Why could the game fail in terms of game design? The only way I see the game failing in terms of design is it if things are too simplified for the modern audience, particularly if the player happens to be like me and they're a fan of the original series, it could fail because it might be overly simplified. There were several resources to manage and timetables to watch out. So you had to sort of manage everything very carefully and that could very quickly lead to success or the Earth's demise if you're not you know, properly managing your stuff. There's going to be a very fine line, I think, between modernizing the old school elements and, you know, simplifying maybe some of the stuff that was overly complicated and sort of, you know, maintaining that balance. Why could it fail from a developer standpoint? Firaxis has a strong history with strategy games, but I've only played a few of their titles. The primary risks I see with XCOM Enemy Unknown are based in the fact that it's really an unknown quantity for today's audience. I think the game is old enough at this point, you know, even the newer ones, that a lot of the player base probably will not know what the game is. So they won't know that it is, you know, strategy plus resource management plus base building plus randomized elements. Because it's really this blend of all of these, all of these concepts that really make it what it is. Also, with the original series, there was sort of a almost human element to the game. It's kind of hard to describe, but it seems like, along with the mystery that you're unraveling as sort of a... I, get, I can only describe it as a human element behind what's going on. That you kind of predict, okay, maybe these guys are going to do this because they've been acting like this. My personal opinion and thoughts? I've always been a huge fan of the XCOM series, and I can't express how excited I am to see a true continuation. I would completely agree that a restart is the way to go because most of the people will not be familiar with it. Fans of the original will love the nostalgia because what I have seen on their site, it is very close to the original game, but you know, in new style. New fans will have a whole new world to discover, and I think they will be eased into it with what made the series so great because they are restarting right from the beginning. Note that the game that was previously called XCOM is a different title. That is a first person shooter, which is set in the same universe. So while hearing about that kind of excited me because it's like, oh, cool, they're bringing back XCOM. They're bringing back aspects that aren't necessarily the true essence of XCOM. There were, you know, screenshots and stuff that showed, you know, traditional elements, but there was also stuff that showed stuff that you were like, I don't know what that is. I've never seen that before. I've never heard of that. Where did that come from? So they were obviously adding in other elements that were not part of the the core original games, I guess you could say. So I think for people like me who were looking for the original restart, we now have it. It's on the way. It's coming out soon. And for anyone who is a fan of sci-fi, strategy, research, base building, strategy game type things, you should absolutely pick this up when it comes out in a few months. I feel safest of all I can lock on my doors It's the only way So that's it for this Rabbit rambling podcast. Ta-da! In good news, I picked up a car yesterday. So I've only had it, you know, a day and a half. Not even, not even that long. It seems like an okay car. It's a car of a type I've had previously. It is not the cute little soft top Jeep-like tracker cars that I've had before. It's just, you know, basically a regular car with a hard top. It's got four doors, but it's kind of small. So that's good because I like smaller cars. It's not, you know, overly big or anything like that. It's only got 90,000 miles compared to the average car that I was looking for in my price range, which had, you know, like 150 to 200,000 miles. So it's got very low miles for, you know, my price range, which was a super good find. And the interior is all, all good. It's not stained or ripped up or anything. So that's like super huge bonus since, you know, Right now, I have to stay in my car far more than normal people would. But this is, you know, a huge boost. And, um, you know, I can start to maybe get back on track with my life, as it were. I can certainly, you know, look around for other jobs in a larger area since I can, you know, consider going to interviews farther away than I could before. And even, you know, with my current job that I have a few days a week, I can get there, you know, in 15 minutes now instead of, you know, the hour and a half plus it was taking me before. So shifts are very easy to get to and from. And, uh, you know, it's not a big deal. I don't have to worry about the bus schedule or anything like that. And two, I can stay, you know, at the restaurant longer because I don't have to worry about leaving when the bus leaves. And on the weekend, you know, it leaves a couple hours before they close. So I could have, you know, potentially stayed hours longer. So, you know, now I have all of that time back as well. Plus, while I haven't yet, I probably will start, you know, napping again in the morning on campus at school because, you know, they don't care. Students sleep in their car pretty often in the mornings. So it's not at all unusual. So that will, again, you know, allow me to get a few more hours of sleep every day uh, if I need it. And I think, um, you know, since I haven't gotten that sleep for like six months now, I probably will need it for at least a little while. And so, you know, I'll probably do that maybe, maybe tomorrow will sleep in a little bit and then Sunday I have an extra work shift so I can't, but then um maybe Monday I can do that again. So hopefully, you know, in a, a few weeks I might balance out to my previous homeless state and be a little less sad and um, certainly a lot more mobile and maybe my health will get a little bit better because then I won't be stressed out from walking all the time and I don't have to worry about the bus schedule and I don't have to worry about stinky bus people or people that have you know perfumes or whatever that make me sneeze all of that is gone don't have to worry about it so hopefully my life will be a little bit better and hopefully everybody out there had a good time the podcast and hopefully i'll see you all next time okay thanks bye During a time where Sad Bunny is sad, you can still click on his stuff and it will s- still allow you to. You can still. Cl- mm. May or not be. Mm. My personal opinion is. Mm. Personal opinion. Meh. I, I think I'll probably just cut all this for her out. Tune in tomorrow. Same bat time. Same bat channel. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com/podcast/rabbitsramblings.html. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbit dot com. It's rabbit.com, but with not a period. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use a space, and be sure to put the number one in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbits Ramblings is copyright 2012 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.